Hello again. Welcome to the Content Strategy Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Halverson. This podcast is brought to you by contentstrategy.com and Brain Traffic, a content strategy consultancy. Find out more about Brain Traffic at braintraffic.com. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, I, this week, am super pleased. Well, first of all, I have a little bit of a cult, so I'm sorry if I'm measly. But secondly, and much more importantly, I am super excited to welcome Angela Gordon to the podcast today. Angela is a UX writer for Dropbox. She lives in Berkeley, California. I almost said Colorado. That would have been dumb. She, <laughs> clearly, Berkeley is not in Colorado. I have a cold and a little fuzzy. Uh, she designs with words and shapes product content strategy, which we are going to talk about in depth today. Angela, hello. Hi, Christina. It's Welcome really to the great show. To be here. Oh, I'm you. so happy to have you. Um, hey, I usually kick off my conversations by asking people to tell me a little bit about their journey to content strategy, and in your case, journey to UX writing. Can you tell me about that a little bit? Yeah, I have been a UX writer for the past three or so years. Um, before that, I spent a long time uh, working in the publishing industry, book publishing, and I really enjoyed doing that work. I was a developmental editor. I worked with content and like helped uh, structure books and worked on things like organization and voice and what kind of publishing were you working with like what uh, was psychology oh so psychology. It was like psychology books um a lot of self-help books some memoir um oh cool a lot of books just about like people's like um inner workings issues and stuff. That's yeah cool. exactly yeah. which i yeah. i love to know about like what makes people tick for sure um so i really loved doing that work but after a while i started to get more interested in working on things that were more interactive than uh, physical books. And the company that I worked for was um, investigating the idea of doing an app. Um, and I started working on that project. And that led me to learning more about UX design. And I eventually went back to school for that. And after a while of just studying UX design stuff and design thinking, I realized that I wanted to be more of a specialist than a generalist. So I learned about content strategy and UX writing more specifically and was really excited to what, learn about this field. What school did you go to? What program was it that you were that you were in? I went to Stanford. Um, I was in this program called Learning Design and Technology, which is part of the education school at Stanford. Oh, huh. Um, and when I was there, I took a lot of uh, classes at the D school where, you know, they have a lot of workshops and things about design thinking um, and process stuff. So I was in the ed school, but I studied a lot of design thinking. And where did you first hear about UX writing? Or were you just like, okay, I like this approach, but I miss writing. I mean, where did, where did that come from? Actually, a friend of mine um, had gone to the same program and he had become a UX writer. And I was talking to him about like, I had a more general job um, as a UX designer, but I was talking to him about like looking for something that was more specialized. And he told me about the field. I actually didn't even I was like you know what do you do I have no idea like what this role is and he's the one who introduced me to it yeah well you know interestingly that that phrase or that title is relatively new I mean it's just been over the last couple of years and there and the companies that started using it are really sort of on the on the west coast out in the California 
Seattle area where where you work, and uh, it is that I find that 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 title has not caught on very much throughout the rest of the country, and I think in a lot of instances, in in the UK and uh, and throughout Europe, content designer is actually a little bit more in line with with that title but i think there are also differences as well that i'm going to want to talk about just a little bit but tell me so now you're a ux writer at at dropbox tell me what that means at dropbox and what you do day to day at dropbox ux writers are embedded in product areas so we work we all work in different parts of the dropbox product and that means like on a day-to-day basis we collaborate with product managers and engineers and product designers mainly and we work together on these uh, teams to develop like different experiments or different projects and stuff for the Dropbox product. We do have things where we, we have like weekly writing workshops or bi-weekly writing workshops where the UX writers all get together and exchange ideas and give each other feedback. Um, but on a day-to-day basis, we're embedded in product teams. And okay, you know that. I'm gonna have you. I'm gonna have you pause for a second because I have questions about both of those things. So, are you? So, are you working on one product at a time? Yeah, I'm. I work on a Dropbox Paper. Okay. Um, but within Dropbox Paper, there's different teams, and I've been working on growth, the growth team, and then within growth, we have multiple experiments. Um, Exper- so, I work experiments. Lots, you said? Yeah. Experiments. And what, does that, what does that mean? So it might be like what would happen if we um, like add a modal um, when people are signing up, for instance, or, you know, what should we say in that modal? Um, Could we like tailor the content for specific uh, users, like coming from different sources, like basically um, playing around with like different content and different design patterns and seeing, you know, does that have an effect on what we call activation? It's like people using core features of paper and basically like how can we move the needle on that how do those meetings take place i mean like i'm trying to like for example i've been at companies where it's like okay we're going to work on this specific feature of this product and it is literally like the writer or the content strategist and the product designer and the engineer all sitting around a table or all sitting around a computer or whatever kind of like tweaking and suggesting, developing, Mm -hmm. testing right there over like a two-hour period. I mean, what do those meetings look like? Well, they are kind of depends on the project, but Mm -hmm. in generally, like in general, we uh, work in sprints. Okay. So like we have like six-week sprints and we have a kind of an idea of the different strategies or experiments that we want to try out. Um, So you kind of have like a little bit of a overview or like a preview of what sure. you're going to be working on the next uh, month and a half. Sure. And those are all scheduled. So as they, as you know, the sprint progresses, we have kickoff meetings and we talk about like, what are the strategies? I mean, what are the um, goals of this project? Why are we doing it? Sure. Um, that kind of thing. And then I also have one-on-ones with all the product designers where we work on, we talk about like what we're working on or what we might want to try um, for a project or that kind of thing. Sure. So um, one, of the, one of the things that I have found over the years with Agile and a real kind of complaint or concern that I've had, you know, I mean, just to share, and I know you know this, mm-hmm. but that Agile is a methodology for building product and it was born in the software development community and has since been adopted by a number of different disciplines, um, including 
ways in which to kind of run your company and how people need to operate throughout all mm-hmm. areas of the company, not just within product development. But but one, and that's a whole different conversation, but one of the things that I have seen over the years is that especially when, in, when people are trying to use Agile for website development, um, but in product too, is that a lot of times the product will be sort of shaped and the, and the sprint will be defined and the rules will be defined and that um, there's never a writer at the table. That, they, that they're focusing on tools and visual design and flow and buttons and all that stuff, but that the writing sort of is, it comes you know, as an afterthought or is mm-hmm. something that the engineer is trying to crank out or the designer sort of putting placeholder stuff. Wh- tell me about, uh, you know, when you came to Dropbox, was it just like, yep, the writer is at the table at the beginning or mm-hmm. how, how did that evolve over time for you? Um, I do think it's, um, you know, it is a process of evolution and Dropbox is one of the most inclusive of writing, of writers um, in terms of um, like product planning and stuff, the places mm-hmm. that I've worked. And I think, and, and it has gotten like better and better over time. I think like everyone understands that like UX writers are, we are equal partners in the process. So we've kind of like set up things where, you know, things like, you know, UX writers are included as stakeholders, like on templates or, you know, when people set up meetings for project kickoffs and stuff, like there's always a spot for a writer mm-hmm. um, to make, just make sure that people are um, inviting us as a matter of course. I also think that like planning is a big factor, like looking ahead to the next sprint is a time when uh, I as a UX writer can kind of like help set the course or like bring up issues that are, are like related to content or you know storytelling and stuff so us being in, more and more involved in uh, sprint planning has been a thing that we've really worked on in the last year or so and I'm speaking mainly from my experience on paper sure. the team that I work on and that is kind of like a, a big opportunity I think for writers to sort of like we I try to have kind of like a backlog of like ideas that are are related to writing or like opportunities, like things that we could build on from previous experiments that were related to uh, content. And I try to bring those up and brainstorms and uh, planning sessions. Well, so I see a question. And do you, you know, one of the things that, that I have seen works work really well too is that, you know, what will oftentimes kind of blow up projects or designs in the 11th hour is that all these questions about content and copy come up that nobody's thought to answer until, you know, the very last minute. How, what are some of the, you said you've got, you know, different ideas and that you're, that you are participating in these, in these planning mm-hmm. meetings. What are some of the kinds of questions that you will ask that, you know, to kind of get people's brains working uh, to help them realize that you really need to be at the table from the start? Yeah. So like in the beginning part of a process, I really lean into my, the part of my uh, job title that's the, the UX part. So I really, focus on user experience and I ask a lot of questions related to um, the flow. So what users see before they um, would encounter this, you know, these screens are part of the um, experience that we are proposing. What do they see next? Um, Do we have any related research that can kind of like clue us in on user motivations and needs and stuff? Do we have customer feedback? Like, do we have analytics? Like things that are going to help ground um, the project and like real user needs and 
I also ask a lot of questions about like, how is this related to projects that we have done in the past? Like, can we learn anything from um, what we've done before and take another approach this time or build on something that seemed to work? Sure. Um, I really focus a lot on those fundamental UXE kind of um, questions. Mm -hmm. And I really lean into that. Like, basically, I'm focusing on that because it really helps me as a writer uh, later on down the line make choices more quickly, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. decide between different uh, copy directions. And also, like, if I know something about the background of the project, I can reach out to a UX writer on another team that may have done something similar. I think, like, as I've grown as a UX writer, like, doing that part of the process has become more and more, I've seen that it's more and more important. It can really help you um, move more quickly. What advice would you give to somebody who, because that's all, that's all smart content strategy thinking, right? Like that's all standing up for user needs when it comes Mm to storytelling or direction or voice and tone or, Mm -hmm. you know, what's included, what's not getting out of people's way. So there's not a ton of extra Mm -hmm. copy or content, et cetera. You know, what advice would you give to somebody who is sort of also working with product development teams in, in the sprint cycles and who is still just kind of getting pulled in when it's time to, when it's time to fill in the words, like what, what advice would you give to them? I think that like when you're in that situation, I do think that some, like a really important question to ask is how are we going to know if, like, how are we going to define success? Because like, even if you don't have a lot of the, like more foundational stuff, like you kind of have a sense of like what the objectives are of the project. If you Mm kind of, you can get people to articulate that clearly. And I found that sometimes when I do ask questions like that, I found that sometimes like there are assumptions being made or like people haven't fully thought it through. Um, So it's helpful. It winds up being helpful for your teammate as well as like the whole team. It helps bring clarity. And, you know, I also just think that like when you're in that situation, being transparent about your process can also help Um, because like if you show like, you know, maybe you are, asked to fill in or some a button copy or something and it's two words and you show that you've done like 30 explorations on it and you've really you know gone you know all out and trying to find like just the right way to um, message something like it sort of helps over time it helps people understand that like maybe we should give her a little bit more time or more context because like they see that it isn't just you're not pulling these words like off the top of your head you're like being really rigorous and there is a process so I like to be transparent about like how I I share the results of like you know what I'm proposing but I also share explorations and I think just in the long term that can help um, that's really smart to sort of show people behind the curtain you know what this is not I did not just sit down and and come up with this like you said off the top of my head because I think that is that is a common thing right where people are just like it's words how hard can it be everybody's you know just write some words and just right right there and just so I think that that talk talk to me a little bit about um 
you know, you, you used the word exploration and, and uh, being transparent with, here, you know, look, here's the 18 different ways that I tried articulating this, and this is the one that I recommend. Uh, you also talked about experiments, that you define this and that you'll put stuff out there and see how people react to it. Talk to mm -hmm. me a little bit more about the process of experimentation. How does Dropbox get that out there? How do they measure it? How do you, you know, use the responses to iterate your work? Just talk to me about that a little bit. Like, just give me an sure. example. So exploration, the exploration part of it is something that like I'll do often, you know, on my own and then um, with the product designer and other UX writers. So I'll come up with like lots of different versions and I workshop things a lot. So I will ask other UX writers to like, you know, give me their feedback and their ideas and stuff. Um, and I like to also share explorations with the product manager as well. And I try to do it like fairly quickly just because I feel like in my role, I have to kind of move quickly. Like I might have like three days or something to work on something. So being able to get as many ideas and input as like as quickly as possible is important. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of builds a sense of momentum. With um, testing, we also have uh, this thing we call Real World Wednesday at Dropbox where we will come up with like a, you know, basic, prototype of an idea and you can also test copy in the prototype or you can test copy like out outside of just like words separately and we bring in users or potential um, like people who haven't used paper or a feature in Dropbox and we ask them to you know try out a mock or a prototype and basically it's like super scrappy kind of user uh, testing uh, and we do that every other week so that's really helpful just to get people's reaction. Like many times I am surprised that, oh, like that is completely like, not clear at all. <laughs> um, I really need to uh, rework that um, part of the phrase. Or sometimes people, maybe I think that a certain, you know, phrase is kind of like clever or uh, fun and someone else might, some of people at Real World Wednesday might see it as like, oh, that's, insulting and patronizing and I'm like so glad that I tested it yeah <laughs> um, uh, so real world Wednesday is a really big part of testing and then we also have usertesting.com and our researcher uh, does uh, more extensive uh, testing of not usually not prototypes but like real things that are live in the product and he he gathers uh, user feedback from those tests yeah well, great. We, oh, I'm sorry. The other side of it is analytics. So we do have sure. analytics for like, if we do build something out, um, we have an analytics team that will tell us like what people are clicking on or what happens after they um, engage in one of our experiments. Great. And do you get to see those analytics and respond to them directly? Is this sort of, or, you know, is this, the, is there a, prod, a project lead that's coming or a team lead that's saying, okay, here's based on analytics, here's how, you know, here's what we're going to focus on? I mean, how do you, how do they know, or how do you know that what they're measuring is meaningful? Um, we have a product manager who usually works with the um, analytics person to basically like interpret the results and to report back to the rest of the team. I am actually working on like increasing my knowledge um, about analytics and metrics and stuff, because it is something that I'm interested in and I think can be very helpful. It's just not an area that I'm super confident in, like, 
being able to interpret myself. Yeah, but, this, uh, is, right. this is actually a skill set that I really recommend content yeah. strategists and, and writers sort of become familiar with. I mean, analytic, yeah. I think the two areas are analytics and then SEO as well. And that's not mm -hmm. as important, obviously, when it's when you're talking about writing embedded within a product experience. But yeah. Yeah, I want to um, just get better at understanding it and understanding like what to measure and like what, right. like you said, like what actually is meaningful. Our analytics team, like they have um, office hours and they do some evangelizing about their uh, discipline. So I really want to, you know, take advantage of that more. Oh, that's so smart for analytics people to have office hours. That's so yeah. smart. Oh, I'm gonna start <laughs> preaching that. That's great. <laughs> hey, explain to me now. Where do you? So you sit on the paper within paper Dropbox mm -hmm. paper. How? But then you also mentioned that the UX writers get together regularly for workshops or work sharing or whatever. Tell me a little bit about that and how that works. Are there mm -hmm. UX writers? You know, are you are you assigned within paper? Do you report up to paper leadership? I mean, tell me tell me where UX writing as a discipline lives within Dropbox. So it is kind of distributed. Um, we have uh, managers for different product areas of Dropbox, and within paper, for instance, we have three different UX writers, and we all have the, the same manager. But we work on different parts of the product, um, and we have our we have like a weekly like check-in to talk about projects we're working on for mm -hmm. paper just so like we can stay aligned and then just within Dropbox more generally we also meet up with the other UX writers uh once a week as well and we once a week like, wow mm -hmm. yeah well we have once a week for our team meeting and then we also have two workshops separately so we have a lot like Dropbox is very really really uh advocates for like feedback and uh, collaboration and i think that's reflected in like we we have like these two writing workshops and then we have the one team meeting and then we also have the one paper meeting as well and you know sometimes it does seem like oh we have a lot of meetings but the thing is that they're they're more like working sessions where you're like getting stuff done so it's not just like sitting and listening sure um, they're more active than a lot of other meetings um, Can you give me an example of something that you might that you might work on in one of those meetings? So as I mentioned, I have a pretty quick turnaround time for a lot of projects. Like maybe yes. I have three days or something scheduled to work on something. So I might bring my initial ideas for the project to the group, like the the big all the UX writers at Dropbox getting together, and we have different types of feedback. Like you can say. Like I'm looking for directional feedback, I'm looking for guidance, I'm looking for, I'm just um, trying to close this out and finalize it, I wanna refine it. Like there's different um, types of feedback. So you can ask the group for a specific kind. So I like to workshop things in different stages. So I find that um, the getting direction phase is very helpful for me. Like it helps me just get things moving with a project that maybe I'm stuck on or I haven't had enough time to really dive into so we kind of put our minds together and think about like so what are some different ways to approach this people talk about like uh they might tell me a project that they've worked on that's similar in the past they might like send me a link or something to their writing doc that they worked on um basically it's like a very focused brainstorm um uh, session mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but then other times i might workshop something that we're I have worked on it a while for, with product designers. Um, maybe I've already shown it in a design session, which is another place where I get feedback on writing. And I'm just trying to refine it 
So I'll already have like, this is what I think I'm thinking of proposing. Uh, do you think there's ways I can make it better? And then so, we just do a lot of wordsmithing. Yeah, so this is really interesting to me that there is that much sort of open sharing and opportunity for feedback because I find that no matter who you are and how thick your skin is, that as a writer, sometimes it, it can be difficult both to take feedback and then also to kind of give feedback in a way that maybe is going to be constructive, but not, you know, push somebody away. Like what have mm -hmm. you, do you find that you've gotten better at receiving feedback? Do you ever give feedback to people who are giving feedback? Like tell me a little bit about how that works at Dropbox. I have... Because of my background, I think, um, in publishing where I was an editor, that was my main job was giving feedback to mm -hmm. authors. I, ha I have a lot of experience uh, practice uh, at doing it. It is a little different when I'm receiving it, though. And also, I feel like when we, we didn't used to have like the, the different uh, types it's like asking for different types of feedback, being very specific, like, mm. I want this kind of, I, I want to refine this. I am trying to close it. I am exploring ideas like before we introduce that framework, it could get a little bit, you know, dicey where like maybe I'd be trying to close something and then like we would start like, oh, brainstorming a completely different direction. And right. <laughs> that can get frustrating because you're like, but it's due tomorrow. Like, right. Um, <laughs> so I think that 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 framework is really helpful and, and you said and repeat helpful. that again it's directional it's what are the what are the um, kinds of feedback? so okay I think it's a uh, guidance do you mm -hmm. want guidance do you want to refine what you've already uh, created do you want to get alignment I think the directional and guidance are the same thing I just mm -hmm. prefer the word directions I think those are the yeah guidance direction um and uh closer mm -hmm. and then sometimes people you will just like workshop more of a concept or a, a principle and that is more like alignment so like we have an internal like style guide for ux writing so mm -hmm. we'll be like you know i think that we should do this um what do you guys think do you think it'll work on these different surfaces that you write for mm -hmm. um and that is more alignment across the company i think that's a really big one i think that the ux Writers are like we're it's an amazing team and people are very open-minded and flexible I don't think that like people feel that like there's only one right answer to something and that keeping an open mind is a really big part of being able to receive feedback like so that, that and that takes a certain kind of personality like it yeah. sounds like there are some personalities that just like would not roll at Dropbox <laughs> Um, yeah, I do think that uh, being open-minded and um, soliciting feedback is one of right. those are some major parts of like succeeding. I actually think that would be a great that would be a great conference session or blog post, which is how to go and get and then yeah. receive and also to give feedback. Oh, that's a good idea. That's yeah. right. Uh, I'll be expecting a first draft from you by the end of next week. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to get on that. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> My needs, you know, my needs. Uh, tell me about this style guide that you have at Dropbox. You know, one of, I, we use Dropbox here at Brain Traffic and uh, 
course, just love it. And, you know, one of the parts of it that we love is that it is simple and it's delightful. And when you do encounter content or copy, it's, it is consistent and it is conversational and it doesn't get in your way. Like who owns the style guide? Who works in the style guide? Who is responsible for sort of, you know, making sure that things are consistent and, and on brand? Who, how does that work? Yeah, um, well, it is definitely a team effort or effort of multiple teams. We have a content style guide that is one of the UX writing managers um, sort of coordinates it and manages it, but she basically gets input from writing teams across Dropbox and like UX writing, but also marketing and uh, customer experience, like all types of writing. And that's a really big part of what we um, follow. But then we also have within that content style guide, we have part of it that's specifically for UX writing. And that part is still like under development for the past year or so. And that part of it is really cool to me because the different UX writers on our team, like we have contributed uh, different, you know, uh, we've created different rules and guidelines for different parts of the flow. Like what do you, how do you approach error messaging or, you know, what do you do if you have a call out? Like, how do you, you know, write the copy for that? And it's kind of a, it's definitely a collaborative effort. And it's pretty fun. It's a living document, though. Um, uh, we're still working on it. Yeah. Right, it's right. big, I mean, there's living like a documents lot of writing. Living documents are always a joy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of words in drawing right. and paper. Right. Um, so there's a lot going on. Um, we actually, um, we have a design systems team as well, and we are going to be adding a UX writer to that team who's going to take even more of a leadership role of the uh, UX writing style guide. Let me ask you this, because this is, I maybe should have asked this at the top of our conversation, but I'm going to ask it now. Like, where at, at Dropbox, where does UX writing begin and end? I mean, you, you know, if there is a set, set of guidelines within the larger style guide for UX writing specifically, what does that encompass? Like, how do we define it? Yeah. I think we define it, oh, okay, I see. Um, maybe, like, in a comparison to, like, marketing writing or yeah. customer. Like, you, you know, um, you mentioned you write error messages. What else is UX writing responsible for? We're responsible for onboarding messages. Uh, Within the product? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, exactly. We're responsible for uh, onboarding, uh, any, any uh, labels in the UI, like, on web or desktop or mobile, and we have, we have Dropbox, and we have Dropbox paper, so that's a lot. We, let's see, we write a lot of things. Um, <laughs> we write some email copy. Um, oh, you do? Yeah, at least I do um, on paper growth. We sometimes have emails that are about, um, like, that are sparked by user action, so maybe, like, someone's tried out paper and we will like after a while like a week or something we might send them an email suggesting that they invite other people they work with to try paper um and those are they come from product we do work with product marketing um and they do write a lot of emails as well more that are about onboarding and kind of just selling the product there's a lot of overlap between some growth writing and product marketing right right and that is that is always such an interesting thing you know, sort of a, a tension within larger organization that exists, I think, you know, who's responsible for what copy and where, and I mean, if yeah. it's on the website, is it marketing, is it UX, because it's on the website, is it, yeah. you, right? I think and, like, 
in a really like broad strokes, we kind of define that UX writing is like anything that people see once they've logged into the product. Okay. So like if you're on the landing page and you have not signed in or you've not signed up, if that's all product marketing writing, um, once you do, that's kind of the UX writing world, but there are definitely places where there's overlap though. Like maybe you, you might see some prompts or something for features that you haven't used and those might come from product marketing. Oh, that's so, just, that's really interesting. That's a good, yeah, that's just like broadly good. speaking. Right. Like signed out versus signed in. You're signed right. in, then it's UX writing. Right. Generally. Um, and do you have the role of, of content strategist at Dropbox? Uh, content strategist is in the, um, the marketing. The marketing team um, has that role, but at Drop, at, uh, in, within the UX writing team, we are all UX writers. We, we have different like, levels, but we don't have that role in That's UX interesting writing. that there's a content strategy that sits within marketing. What, do, what does that role do? I don't know enough about what they do, actually. Mm-hmm. I need to mm-hmm. learn more about it. But I think or not. They do a lot of like, web content like for our, um, our blog um, and landing pages. Um, I'm sure they do a lot more um, than I'm embarrassed to say that I Oh no, that's totally fine. I'm just, I, you know, it is an ongoing conversation. 20, it's 20 years old about like, what, what is content strategist? What does it mean within, what is a content strategist? What does it mean within each organization? So I'm always just really curious to know, like, okay, what is that title? What is that title? you know, how does that exist? I mean, I mean, this is, and this comes back around to something that I mentioned at the beginning of, of our conversation, uh, which is that the, the title content designer, mm-hmm. <laughs> designer, uh, you know, has really um, root, taken root in the UK and throughout Europe and now in Australia as well. Uh, and that is really very much focused on on I think um, web web pages mm-hmm. and potentially even within within products, but it really is very focused on identifying user need and getting to mm-hmm. top tasks and prior prioritization of those tasks and and so yeah. on. Do you, I mean, is that would you say that that role is? I, and if you don't know enough about that, it's totally fine. But would you say that the, that those two terms are kind of interchangeable or content or, designer and yeah and what's the UX writer? Oh, um, I think UX writing, at least as it's defined at Dropbox, is it's very product focused. Okay. Um, so it's I, I I like hear you. Like, there's definitely a lot of similarities there, but maybe it's like the surface. Like, if yeah, you said, yeah. I mean, we're very embedded in in product uh, products. Yeah, um, yeah. Specifically. Oh, it's just so interesting to me to watch the different roles evolve and, you know, that they all, do they ladder up within con- the content strategy discipline? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> that cool? yeah, I mean, that's what everyone, you know, the idea is that content strategy is a big umbrella kind of containing all these roles. And that is what I use as an excuse to talk to a lot of different people that I find <laughs> really interesting. And you were one of those people. <laughs> I'm happy to be under that umbrella. <laughs> you are, we are all under the umbrella. <laughs> I, I now feel the need to like do some sort of storm metaphor, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to just leave it. Leave it Angela, to the imagination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Angela, our time's just about up. I wanted to ask if people are interested in uh, hearing more from you, is, are you online uh, somewhere that people can look you up? I do have um, a Twitter account that I don't use very often, but I'm at Angie Gordon on uh, Twitter. 
And I have a website, AngelaGordon.com, where you can see like all my connections. And I sometimes like might post different what I call copy or UX crushes that I have. Different oh, cool. copy, different things that I see in other products that just like makes me smile. And now, so you could put those on Twitter. Yeah, I should. Yes, because yeah. once again, my needs. <laughs> all right, I'll work on that. I'll start. Exactly, exactly. And we're all going to be looking forward to your blog post. On feedback, right? Exactly. Okay. Working on it. Again, first try, (laughs) end of next week. Angela, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time and um, good luck on your continued work at Dropbox. Thanks so much. It's been really fun. You've been listening to the Content Strategy Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Halverson. This podcast is brought to you by contentstrategy.com and Brain Traffic, a content strategy consultancy. Find out more about Brain Traffic at, of course, braintraffic.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.